0: Good morning, everyone. I'm R. W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Today is the 2nd of January, the second day of 2023, with 363 days ahead of us on our way to 2024. We are in much newness of time, as Kenneth Patchen observes in his poem, At the New Year, Before the bells ring, before this little point in time has rushed us on, before this clean moment has gone, before this night turns to face tomorrow, there is high singing in the air. Heavenward this evening and tomorrow evening in the eastern sky, our waxing gibbous moon will be passing through the constellation Taurus the Bull and keeping close company with the reddish planet Mars with the orange-reddish star Aldebaran, the brightest in Taurus the bull, and with the glittering star cluster of the Pleiades, also known as the Seven Sisters, who, as many know, serve as the Subaru logo. And this Friday, All Kings Day, the 12th day of Christmas, we will have January's full moon, the Wolf Moon. Today in 1492, Mohammed XII, the last emir of Granada, surrendered his city to Ferdinand II of Aragon and Isabel I of Castile, thus ending both the Reconquista and centuries of Muslim rule on the Iberian Peninsula. Today in 1791, the Big Bottom Massacre occurred in the Ohio country, marking the beginning of the Northwest Indian War. Today in 1814, Gordon Lord Byron completed his long poem, The Corsair, which became immediately popular selling 10,000 copies on its first day of sale. Today in 1839, French photographer Louis Daguerre published the first photograph of the moon. Today in 1890, Alice Sanger became the first female staffer in the White House. Today in 1903, President Theodore Roosevelt shut down the U.S. Post Office in Indianola, Mississippi for refusing to accept its appointed postmistress because she was black. Today in 1926, Melody Maker, the British popular music magazine, published its first issue. Today in 1947, Mahatma Gandhi began his march for peace in East Bengal, India. Today in 1974, President Richard Nixon imposed the 55 mile an hour speed limit. Meanwhile, drawing a bead on the national COVID picture, the New York Times observes this past week, the Northeast remains a troubling hotspot. The nation's daily average of reported cases this past week was near 65,000, with the daily average of deaths being 345, meaning at least 2,415 people died this past week from COVID in the U.S. Not a big number, perhaps, unless someone close to you has succumbed to COVID. Or perhaps think of it this way, every four minutes last week, someone died from COVID. Sound like the pandemic's over? The United States to date has had 101 million cumulative reported cases of COVID since the first reported instances of the disease on January 21, 2020. The newest Omicron subvariants to emerge in the U.S. since mid-November this year are BQ1 and BQ1.1 and have overtaken the formerly popular BA5 strain. Ultimately, the U.S. continues to be the world's leader in COVID, proving we are the most hospitable people to the virus, engendering 16% of the world's 660 million cases when we're only 4% of the world's population. 3 million of the world's 660 million reported cases were recorded this past week. Elsewhere on the planet, major industrialized nations continue to hold second through seventh places in cumulative numbers of infection. At the moment, respectively, India, France, Germany, Brazil, South Korea, and Japan. On the fatal front globally, current numbers of deaths due to COVID are officially at 6.7 million, while COVID deaths here in the United States, according to Johns Hopkins and other credible sources, are presently at 1.2 million Worldwide, more than 13.2 billion doses of vaccine have been administered, but remember only 68% of all Americans are vaccinated, and only half of those vaccinated have had a minimum of one booster shot since. Today in 1904 in Elkton, Missouri, Sally Rand was born initially as Helen Gould Beck, to a retired Army colonel dad and a schoolteacher mom who also wrote for several newspapers. Teenage Helen first landed a job as a chorus girl in a Kansas City nightclub where her talented dancing inspired a critic's positive review and a subsequent signing with a prestigious vaudeville company. There, her voice, dancing and acting were enhanced by traditional on-the-job training and soon she was in Hollywood, becoming a bit player in silent films and attracting the attention of Cecil B. DeMille, who, prompted by a ready-at-hand copy of the Rand McNally Atlas, renamed Helen as Sally Rand. Sally's movie career, however, was not at the moment experienced in the meteoric rise she had hoped for, so she became an acrobat with the Ringling Brothers Circus and then formed her own vaudeville troupe. In the early 1930s, Sally was on tour when the play she was in suddenly folded, stranding her in Chicago, where she found ready employment at a South Side speakeasy, a job that called upon her improvisational skills. One day, while browsing in a used costume shop, she spotted a pair of worn ostrich plume fans, and she drifted into a little reverie. "'I remembered my days as a youngster in Missouri, when I watched the ducks and geese and the herons flying south, their wings graceful against the sky. I had wanted to fly like a heron, and then I thought of a dance that would incorporate their movements.' So using only the fans for a costume, Sally Rand delighted her audiences at the speakeasy for more than a year until the 1933 Chicago World's Fair was about to open. And recalling Little Egypt, the dancer who had made herself a star at an earlier World's Fair, Sally first tried to perform at the fair's risque Streets of Paris concession, but wasn't hired. So she rented a white horse and rode in as Lady Goddard which accomplished the recognition she had been banking on, and she became a national sensation. Sally Rand never lost her enticing figure and performed her fan dance on into her 70s. Today is also the birthday in 1752 of poet of the American Revolution, Philip Freneau. In 1854, of American educator, social worker, and second woman in the United States Congress, Alice Mary Robertson. In 1920, of Russian scientist and sci-fi writer Isaac Asimov. In 1936, of American country singer-songwriter Roger Miller. In 1951, of American model Nadia Cassini. In 1957, of American long-distance open-water swimmer Lynn Cox. In 1968, of American actor Cuba Gooding. And in 1969, of American model Christy Turlington. From Ormond Maine I'm RW Estella with a word in edgewise here's to the third week of winter and a happy new year